welcome to the Koshcast at under. <laughs> Alex isn't here, and I thought I could do this thing. No, it's, uh, it's on Twitter at under underscore the Kosh and under the Kosh blog dot com. His intro at. is in my dreams. It's just so this. It's the same every time. It sounds like it's recorded. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But that—that's the best we're gonna do, um, Alex. Sorry, you'll be back. Never, that's that's what is most valuable. For, just the intro. The rest of it is is, is questionable. Exactly. Let the horses run after that. <laughs> <laughs> My man, Mohammed, how are you doing? I am good, sir. I am well. I mean, relatively speaking, outside of the podcast and football, I'm good. Can't complain. On the mm-hmm. footballing side of things, definitely can complain. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to start by complaining? <laughs> no, 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 please. Honestly, you know, I was actually thinking about this and I was like, you know, myself and Alex are Arsenal fans and we talk about Arsenal a lot on the pod. I was actually thinking they don't deserve the time. They, you know, the, the listeners don't deserve the whining. <laughs> I honestly just wish we can gloss over them. Like, it, it just, I, I actually was thinking about this and I don't think it's fair that we focus too hard on Arsenal. You know, they're last. We wouldn't focus on friendly if they were last. <laughs> oh man, this is like it. I, I want to laugh, so let's do this. Let's focus on Man City, yeah, <laughs> and not necessarily Arsenal. Uh, it will be it will be glossing over. It was a five nil win for Man City after people said they needed a a certain football player to score goals. Well, two guys they thought to score goals, but they went and scored five regardless. In what probably was a very easy performance didn't even need to be at um full speed so to say um well what kind of speed do you need to be when you're attacking a, a back five that includes cedric chambers holding kolasinas like i'm not joking when i tell you that is barely a championship back four barely mm-hmm. tierney's tierney's the only one carrying that back line and he'll never do it on his own so when you look at those other four that is barely championship i don't see any of these guys starting for a top 10 team. Any, I mean, Kolasinac, they're trying to rip up his contract. Chambers and Holding, they will not start for a top, I want to even say like 12, 13 team in this league. Suarez, not even a top, all of the team. So, you know, it, it should have been extremely easy for City. The biggest thing was just how easy, like the, the result everybody knew was going to happen. Like the mm-hmm. City were going to win, but you see the clips of the lethargic pressing by Arsenal, the, City had so much time. They just did their own thing. And I'm sorry, when you get dominated by goals from Torres and Jesus and assists from them, you know something's up. Like, that's not good enough. Rodri, I, I, with it. Rodri thinks he's Cruz now? Or what's going on? Right? right. And, and that's the thing. I think it's not... It's, very, it's weird to win 5-0 and... Or for the team to win 5-0 and me to be like, I'm not sure if this is a reflection of their talent or not. Because, like you said, quite a few of the goals were either poor defending or yes after the red card or whatever, right? It's just, it, it, like, I know they lost to Spurs and then they beat somebody last week. Norwich, and, I think. And, exactly, Norwich and Arsenal. But sure, I still think City are going to win the league. But I don't think that these three games that they've played give, me, give you any definitive idea of how ready they are to win the league this season. Do you think they're going to win the league? I, I always go with City as my default because they're the team you can trust. Yeah, the most it's a safe, to be it's in a and safe bet. It's a safe bet if you were going to put a lot of money. I feel, I feel Chelsea are going to do something. This, I mean, we'll get to them, but I feel what we saw this week as well and the the signings they've. I, I feel Chelsea because look, I was talking to someone actually about this, and I was saying, you know, City are a safe option, blah blah blah. But I kind of looked back at the leagues and I thought, yes, yeah, City have won a lot recently and bar the Liverpool season, but were they really pushed in a lot of them? 
You know what I mean? Like Liverpool dropped tremendously after they won the league and City kind of countered to it pretty much last season. I just feel like if Chelsea push and if United push and if Liverpool, if everybody's pushing, there's a chance City City don't usually have the foot on the gas the whole time. They mm-hmm. kind of get a period where they wobble a little bit. Champions League knockout period, etc. So I think Chelsea could do it. I think I think the problem is, and and this is why I I, I struggle with this five nil performance really is because if you look at it last season, right? We were joking, but like as of January or February, United were were kind of there. Like, and we know this United team is a bit whatever. We're not really sure about them, but they were they were there. In fact, they were I think top or joint top or something like this. But then the record City pretty much won every game. Up on up until the end, they pulled it out and, the bag, yeah. Right, and they did this. There was another year where they literally did this, where they won every game un, until the end, and they do that a lot. Where it's like, at what point does it matter how much you push if they're just going to win every game? You see what I mean? It's like that's what they did to win la- last one. And in a real, in a realistic season, let, let me say, like, um, you get rid of this city and and whatever. You could say last year's Man United team would have had a good chance all the way till April because maybe they dropped points and this and that. Like, it was a Wenger Arsenal and Fergie United. Like, you know, it'd be like a race. And Liverpool well, it feel, in there. It feels real. It feels human. Yeah. It feels real. Yeah. But to win just every game, like, at that yeah. point, there's nothing you can do. And that's why I think City, because I think they're capable of turning it on. And for me, this game shows, well, I, again, Arsenal are really, really bad, so it's a hard judge. But maybe we can use that to pivot to to Chelsea and Liverpool because this game, I know it gave a lot of people some comfort in that, well, they went down to 10 men, right? For, for in some people's eyes, a contentious handball that shows Chelsea are good. In many ways, the front line showed why I'm a little bit nervous about Chelsea compared to um, mm, City. But yeah, talk so, about you know this game what? on it. You know what? Let's talk about refereeing decisions because there's going to be more coming up. So let, let us talk about this handball in this game before we mm-hmm. get to other ones. So I thought I agree 100% with everything that happened from a refereeing perspective in this game. I thought when I watched it before him going to the monitor and before, etc., I thought from the replays myself that James definitely swung his arm at the ball intentionally. I thought he did it on purpose. It, not on purpose in the sense that, you know, it's preemptive. It's just, it's an instinct, mm-hmm. but it's still deliberate. Yep. Even though it's in, 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 like from an instinct place or whatever you want to call it. So I thought he did push his arm towards the ball to try and get it out of the way. So I thought that was a red card. I know people say he came off his thigh, whatever, but after the thigh, he swung at it. Like he was going to go win after the thigh. It's not like the thigh was going to Or he was it. even going to drop those Liverpool player right there in front of him. So it was yeah, going to drop so- to that guy. I think overall, I, I, I agree with the decision. What, what do you think? I, I didn't, in like, in real time, I thought, okay, maybe it came off his thigh and his arm. I wouldn't give it. Then I saw the replays and I was like, okay, yeah. Like, like you said, it wasn't until I saw the full swinging motion of the hand after that I was arguing people and I said, he scooped the ball out. Yeah, yeah. And, and once you've done that, like, by the way, whether it's intentional or not, because we had a long argument in our group chat and the FA rules do not care whether it's deliberate or not. If you use your hand and stop a goal-scoring opportunity, similar to the way you knew last man tackle, like whether that's intentional or not, by the way, you're getting sent off. That, that's the rule. Right. So the referee applied the rule directly the way it's intended to be applied. 
I don't really see the argument from any Chelsea fans in that respect. Yeah, but handball aside, um, even in the first half, by the way, I know a lot of people were very happy with Chelsea's performance. Liverpool had three good chances, I believe, and they just kept pushing Chelsea back and back. And and I just, I didn't feel that there was any attacking cohesion in this time. So for me, I know they're going to be better games, right? And it's going to be more games and can't make any determination about anything. But I wasn't convinced with the Mount, Havertz, Lukaku, Axis. There were lots of passes where I thought, actually, pass it to Lukaku now, or Lukaku, pass it to Havertz now. And those things didn't come off. And maybe there's time, but... There's also a little bit of uh, kind of gelling to happen. Lukaku gets a little bit frustrated because he wants the ball all the time in that kind of pivot role where like he holds, he's anchoring and he holds a defender. He wants it, even Mm -hmm. if it looks scary, but he wants it. And they're not, like, these two are not yet there where it's like, oh, just give it to Lukaku. Like, that's our plan A and B and C. You know, they're still playing around doing their thing. So you can see the slight frustration as Lukaku's trying to kind of, you can tell he wants to take this team kind of by by the horns. Like, he wants to be his team. Um, so he'll grow into that. But I thought with Liverpool, you're right. They did play well. I think Harvey Elliott gives them a little dynamism, let's say, because when they used to have the Henderson, Fabino, Wijnaldum, or Thiago, it's old, it's slow. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. Harvey Elliott, he's, he's young. He wants a little spark. He kind of cuts in on his left. He, he just plays at a slightly faster pace than the other guys that they usually have in midfield. And that's given them a little bit of something. And I, I like that. So I, I think he's... He's going to be a good player for them in midfield. I think the center backs, you pointed out during the game that after a while, he's, Lukaku started on Van Dijk and then he just like decided to chill on Matip for the rest of the game. Oh, yeah. He, he rolled Matip was one time. I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be your tactic now. And Van Dijk, I think he should have tested Van Dijk a little bit more. Like, I know he, he saw the weak link, but Van Dijk is rusty. Go for him. Like, give him a, give him a hard time and see how he reacts. You know, I thought that was a little bit weak. Um, but I mean, the Havertz school, good flick header, but again, that's one of those things. It's like, how many times is he going to do that? You know, like I, 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 I was honestly not that, I was impressed by the resiliency, but I'm not convinced that in this day and age, like not the Mourinho age of 04 in this day and age, you can win a Premier League being just resilient. Like I understand Lukaku's supposed to score the goals. But I actually think he's going to score a few less goals than people actually think. I, I don't think this team is built for that necessarily. I think there's a bit of a lack of creativity there. Like the thing is, they're playing the five at the back, so they're using James and Alonso as their wing backs, as their width. Right? They have mm. no other width in the team. Havertz and Mount are central, right behind Lukaku. To me, uh, again, whatever. Tuchel has won the Champions League. He's done his thing. He can do. He's, he has the right to do whatever he wants. Mm. I just feel like, do you always need to play five at the back? Like, you know, maybe against Liverpool, fine. But does it need to happen, like, in other games? I feel like, get your wingers out there. I know Pulisic is injured, and I know, you know, Ziyech is maybe not in the best form. But get proper wingers that are creative and can do something other than relying on, really, defenders at the end of the day. No, I, I, I agree. I think, the, I think he will mix it up, in actual fact. I'm just... I, I, I'm not necessarily convinced that the way to play with Lukaku is to cross the ball into him. I know people see him as this big guy. And he is decent with his head, but he wants the ball into feet. And he wants you to put the ball, like, let him run across or off the shoulder of defense. That's what he really, really wants to do. And in Syria, oh, we saw a lot of goals where he took the ball himself, ran through a bunch of people, and scored. He's not going to do that in the Premier League. So I think they'll figure it out. Um, but I, I also, on the flip side, feel 
Yes, Chelsea went down to 10 men. And it goes back to the problem of Liverpool last season where if that front three isn't doing it, and Jota's a small guy, Luke, um, Salah's a small guy, like, it's a big Chelsea defense. If they're not doing it, I still don't know what they're going to do. And, and I'm stunned that they didn't get a, a maybe more traditional center forward at least to come off the bench when they need it. Like, mm. it's, I don't know. I think it's going to be a bit tough like, to Cap know, City because of that, those two things. You know what comes to mind? Something like, and again, you're talking about just a, a striker that is maybe happy to come off the bench or try and win his position. I'm thinking like, you look at someone like, I don't know, Zeko that moved this summer, right? Mm-hmm. You know, is he gettable to be like, okay, well, you know, you're on the bench, but, you know, you can fight for your place. We need a focal point at some point. You know, could that have been an option? You know, something like that. Like, even, I don't know, even Giroud moved. Like, I know I know these are not, you know, Liverpool title-winning caliber players, but if you want that different kind of angle, maybe, as you know, these people moved this summer, right? And not for a lot of money, so... I don't know. I actually, I think the Jacko would have been a great shot. I think that's a great shot because you saw a lot of the time, like Liverpool, it's weird because to me, their chief creator is Trent. Mm. And to have your fullback, and this is not like a put the ball to the wing back and let him cross it in. He's literally playing long diagonals into the forwards, trying to hope that they run onto something and put it in. There are only so many times you can do that or do the cross to Jota thing because he's so small. Like, Trent crossing the ball into a Jekko when you need a goal with Trent's technique seems foolproof to me. So I don't know if it's sustainable the way they're going to go, but, you know, 1-1, fair results in the mix of things, I guess. Um, I think a good point for Chelsea with with, with everything, how it went down in the game, right? I think overall, I get it, the resilience. But again, it was away from home, down to 10 men versus, you know, a good Liverpool side on paper. And they, they came out with, with, the, um, with, the, with the point. I think they'll be happy, given how it went down. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. All right. United, you want to talk about your team? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's do that. Um, I thought this was a game, not a game of two halves in the sense, it was just a shitty first half, I thought. Like, <laughs> horrible first half. Well, from but, a United perspective, because Wolves should have scored like a couple of goals in the first half. Wolves should have scored a couple of goals, at least one, definitely at least one, the one that was cleared off the line by one Basaka. But like, it was weird because everything, like, wait, Mondo, you play football, right? You can't necessarily plan for, I mean, you can plan for Adama Traore, you can. But if Adama Traore decides to run at you, there are very few players in this league that can stand in his way and go physically toe-to-toe with him. Yep. And he just, we, they did the right thing in that, He's on the left, his left, and Wamsaka shows him in central. That's what you want to do. But central into Fred <laughs> <laughs> is the only part of that equation I don't like because he just ran and ran and ran, and Fred had the scare of his life. <laughs> it was so, unbelievable. Here's the thing. We talked about the lineup, right? We talked about this, and we talked about, yeah, you got Ronaldo, you got et cetera. But, and, and, and it's a thing online. I think United fans know, you know, you know, do you need a defensive midfielder? You Right now, your only pretty much options are Fred and McTominay if you want to play a deep two, right? Matic doesn't count. Vanderbeek mm-hmm. <coughs> doesn't count. Excuse me. So you really have two in Fred and McTominay that have to start every game, every tough game at least, mm-hmm. and you have no substitute for them. And Fred is 80%. You know, he can have a good game, but not sure. Not always. Mm-hmm. So, and I think McTominay is really growing into that role. I think he's fantastic, but there is no backup. 
So mm-hmm. what happened this game, and we talked about this, is that you pulled Pogba back into the deep two to basically make up for the fact that there is no other player in this entire squad that could have played next to Fred. Mm-hmm. What that does is it creates some softness in that center midfield, right? It does. Mm-hmm. And Pogba has started the season on fire from an attacking perspective. So people are, you know, people obviously doing me- the memes and all about, oh, you move Pogba back to a defensive mid to, you know, unleash Daniel James. That's not the case. The case is just there's no center mid that mm-hmm. can play. But if you did get a center mid that could play there, I think you have Pogba as part of the front three, and then you have a, you know, a, a Ronaldo and a Greenwood, or a Ronaldo and a Sancho, or a Greenwood and a Sancho. That's a much better balance than having Pogba in the deep two. It's, it's, it's absolutely imperative because we call him McFred, right? But there's a reason why United have won more games with them than without. That is the only two centrally that work, period. Pogba and anyone else doesn't work. Van der Beek doesn't work. Max doesn't work, like you said. Those two work together. For some reason, they understand each other. Positionally, they work. Anything else, like you said, becomes a chasm because their midfield was open. It was just Pogba. There was once where, um, and Pogba was a big dude, right? But you know what I'm talking about, where Charlie ran up, Pogba was like, I'm out. Like, that doesn't happen. McTominay will put his body in the middle and, like, take a charge like he would in basketball, at least something. And they did it time after time after time. In the second half, they tweaked it, where they pulled Wambasaka deeper, and he said, let him run onto you. Don't be so tight. Let him run onto you. And Fred was closer to Wambasaka, so they had the cover, to the point that Traore had to switch to Shaw, who was a bit more street smart, and handled him. And again, Traore, after a while, he tires and whatever else. Say, it, doesn't, just, it doesn't work out. I was just going to say, you just need to keep Traore at bay for the first 20 minutes where he has zero game management. He just runs at you for the first 20 minutes like his life depends on it. And if you can kind of, you know, sit that one out, He'll be absolutely knackered for the rest of the game. Like, he's done after a while. He, he, he couldn't, like, he thought that, okay, I'm going to go into Luke Shaw, and I'm gonna, like, no, Luke Shaw's actually pretty fast for a big boy. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. chill. You wasted all your energy. How uh, is, um, I think Greenwood is doing a fantastic job this season. I mean, I don't think that finish should have ever went in. Jose saw no idea. You know, he's kind of bringing up the, uh, the your spirit Portuguese of his pre- agenda. Pre- predecessor. Yeah, <laughs> so he's bringing that up. Um, but, again, you can only score if you take a shot. Greenwood loves to take shots, and he usually finishes the really, You know, for Pogba to say he's the best finisher that I've ever trained with, I mean, he's played with some player. So By that's, the way, that's Solskjaer impressive. said this three years ago yeah. when the kid was in the and academy. It's true. And, and it's I, true. I absolutely, I, I was joking today on my group chat, but I said he's the best finisher in the world. Now, of course, we got Lewandowski, whatever, but when you think about left foot, right foot, because this one was right foot this time, mm-hmm. and the power, Sasha should save it, but the power you can generate off your weak foot I'm not sure there are many players in the world today. Like, sure, Messi is, like, I don't even think about it because he's over yep. here, whatever. But, like, I don't you think, think many like players Haaland, that, that, like, you know? that can do that. I just yeah. don't see players that can do that. Yeah, I think it's very impressive. And I don't think he's being hyped. I think he seems to be the real deal, and he's slowly growing into it. He just needs to keep, you know, keep going. Don't, you know, don't mess around when on uh, duty with England, that kind of thing. Um, now, Sancho. Not hating, not an mm-hmm, agenda. Mm-hmm. Just, yes, he has to ease into the league, and I get all that, but I'm just saying, to point out, I don't think he had a great game. I, I, I think he had a bad game. Yeah. I, I don't even think it's... But I think in watching him, there's a little bit of that Van de Beek stuff, mm-hmm. where he got the ball, and he wants to just move it. And then move... You see, he wants to do, like, the touch and go. Like, literally wants to play a one-two all the time. He doesn't want to carry it. Mm-hmm. But even then... When he does want to carry it, they press the hell out of him. And it's like, listen, you need to understand 
that this game is very, very quick <laughs> and get used to that very, very soon because I think there's more space in Germany. A reminds, bit me like of, uh, reminds me of Pepe. Pepe is the same for Arsenal where when he gets the ball, I'm looking at it and I'm like, you are not being... I, I call it like... I Again, it's weird, but I think of it as vibration. Mm-hmm. He's not vibrating enough, if that makes any <laughs> sense to anyone listening. Like he's he just he's needs, not hustling enough. Yeah, he's not on his toes. He's not vibrating. He's not like, you know, he thinks he has all the time in the world. And Pepe still is doing that a year and a half later or whatever it is. Sancho needs to get that out of his system. Get the ball. You need to be kind of on your toes at 100% all the time. You cannot take it easy and think you're going to get your space and do your thing. So I think he'll learn that. He'll get into it. But. We'll, I think we'll see how he does. I think with Sancho, there's another thing. So the reason why I think he'll succeed is because he's English. He understands. Like, I think mentally he understands. I don't think Pepe mentally three years in has understood I'm in England. This is how he plays. I think he understands that. But also, you have to remember, he was trained in City. So he's trained to play the way that he's playing now. Right, right, right. Like, where, and City, how do you beat City? You press a shot of him and then go the other way. So... He's still got City and that German thing in his head. He's got to be a bit more English, if you see what mm, I mean. Mm, mm. Um, what but about on the flip the, side, um, I thought he was incredible. Mm. I thought he was absolutely incredible. And I told people he's going to take time, except for that Roman Saiz almost making him a poster. That was an incredible defensive performance. And by the way, he's got a long-range pass on him too. I, I thought Lindelof would have that over him. Nah. He was also vocal. He was also kind of for his first game, I could see him kind of marshalling the defense, being vocal. Like, you know what? He, he's not in his shell. And that's always a good sign from a new center back. So that was also good to see for sure. De Gea, I think, had another great game. He's had a great season so far. Um, I think. I know you, you United fans really dig into other things that maybe, you know, non-United fans don't notice. Like the distribution or the this or the that or the crosses. But like, it just seems that every time I've watched him this season, he's made incredible save after save. And you say, yes, it's sh- shot stopping has never been the problem. But I'm saying... Well, it was a problem for him here. <laughs> sure, yeah. But if you take this average three games and he plays like this for the rest of the season, I think you've got a fantastic keeper between the sticks. Well, to your point, I think he's doing something that... He did something in this game that I thought was more encouraging than, than a double save. And the, it may have gone under the radar, but there was a time where they played the ball over and I think it was Adama was running onto it and De Gea, like a sweeper keeper, came out like far and kicked it. And I thought, he never does that. He always waits and then waits for you to come and then has to make a save. If he's doing that, I think it's getting into his head. I need to alter my game to stay here because Dean Henderson does that. And that's what they want. Well, want I need to, to be relevant and I need to be kind of, a, a, what is it, like a modern keeper is what he needs to yeah. be. He needs yep. to switch to a modern keeper. And that means distribution and being a last man and playing a liberal or whatever, right? Um, finally, very quickly, just to put on record, mm-hmm. I'd like your opinion on the mm-hmm. non-foul and the lead of the goal. I'm not going to even argue. I just want, I want it out there so that mm-hmm. it's on record. That's all. I think I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I said yesterday. Okay. Yeah. In real time, didn't look like he touched him at all in real time. Didn't look like he touched him at all. But it's a foul. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. It's a foul. So that, that changed from the game day because game day. You no, because because game okay. day, I'm never gonna give you anything. Like okay. I'm never. I know you're Fair. trying to like like shit on shit on stuff. I'm not gonna give you anything. Fair. In reality, it's a foul. Okay. My thing is, Mike Dean. He's so he's 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 a. It was Mike Dean, right? Yeah, I think it was. He's an interesting referee because you see, he was on top of it. And I hate him. I hate him. He's so on much. top of it, and he missed it. And he didn't go to the thing. He has ego. He doesn't change his VAR. He because never VAR, does. VAR doesn't tell him. It's a VAR says, 
might want to have a look at this. It's all they say, by the way. Like, remember that one last season when Vier uh, overturned his uh, decision and he was so upset, like he could yeah. not. Wasn't it him not... that they overturned it? He overturned it himself or yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do want to say this though. He did. He decided he was letting this game go from the beginning. Bruno Fernandez got fouled in the penalty box. Neves stood on his foot. That was the one where they uh, played the ball out after a minute and Pogba waving at them. And they played the ball out and no one talked about it. He still stands on his shin in the penalty box. I'm not calling for a penalty, but I'm saying it's a foul. He does, lets it go. Trincao gets fouled after that chance or whatever. He lets it go. Someone, if Bruno got kicked okay, in the teeth, so he lets it go. All I'm have, saying is he consistently a was a shit referee in his game. So why have a referee? Just sit at home, bro. But the, again, this is the point. Southampton, even Klopp and Brendan Rodgers came out and said that was a foul on Bruno. So again, okay, what is the Premier League doing? You know, what? Are they let's letting look, too much go? That's the real question here. Let's look at it from another angle. Forget the referee. I tweeted that I think, and this might be harsh, but I think Neves cost this team a point by not rolling around on the ground. He took a couple of steps. He kind of stood up. And I watched Mike Dean. Mike Dean looks at the two feet coming together. Then he looks up at Neves to see his mm -hmm. reaction. Mm -hmm. Then he looks away because the ball kind of gets switched all the way to the right side. And then Neves decides to kind of roll around the ball, mm -hmm. which, which kind of makes it seem like, oh, you're falling after the fact. You know, you're an idiot. I think players will not get decisions if they do not roll around on the ground. And it sucks for the sport. But if you're a professional and points matter and the league matters and blah, blah, blah. I think I cannot blame you for going down when the, you know, it's not at the strongest contact. So maybe he didn't need to go down. But I just think you have to. I think you cause your team to lose a point there. You just have to roll around on the ground and get your foul. I agree with you. I would say in this game, I'm not entirely sure it makes a difference because, again, Bruno was rolling on the ground after having his shin stamped on by Neves. Mike Dean, again, was on top of it and let it go. However, to your point, Ruben Neves, and I'm, I was stunned that he did this. After the game, he said it himself, that if we got the ball, I would not have fallen. This is a quote that he said, and I was like, why would you admit this? That he said, if the ball went to a Wolves player, I would not have fallen on the ground. So he's, he's in line with you, actually. He's agreeing with you and saying, I, I should have done whatever I need to do to yeah. fall to get the referee's attention. 100%, 100%. But like, bro, you conned yourself by not doing it earlier yep. enough because Mike Dean at that point goes, well, I guess it wasn't a foul then. Yep. Like, no, no, he's no, he's in a microsecond. Like, yeah, overall, overall, VAR is pretty much going from last season calling every you know, breeze of wind to now not calling anything like it, it's it's a really weird twist of kind of how they want to use var but anyways let's move on great point for united and i think again you got to get these points towards whatever call it a title challenge a top four whatever you guys end up doing these are the points these are the three points that kind of matter and, and, and you got to get them before we move off this let me, let me let me say this not on the game but generally just to so that we've had our say on this a lot of Man United fans, I mean, we saw the Ronaldo cut out in the stadium and everything. A lot of United fans are extremely excited to have Cristiano back, um, mm. especially with he was about to go to City. And then I don't think he rejected City. I think United decided to pay the fee that City were like, we're not sure we're going to pay that thing, which makes it very, very easy. I think United would have come to United. I think Ronaldo would have come to United even if he takes a small pay cut or whatever. Like he just, United weren't in the picture, only City. And he doesn't yeah. 37, 38. He has no options to sit there and pick. If it was only City, he would have taken it. Yeah, I, I think I think if the two table offers on the table at the same time, picks United. I don't <laughs> yeah. think that's controversial. But 
City were like, we're not sure if we want to pay this for this old guy. United said we want to pay it. I think it's literally that simple. It's not the banter that United fans make it, but I still am, like, I've watched every art, read every article, watched every video. I've lived through nostalgia, and I have an issue with the allegations and everything. That's one thing. But ex- aside from that, right, I do still find it a little bit difficult to be fully excited about this because I didn't want Zlatan. I didn't want, to a lesser degree, didn't want Van Persie, even though he was 29. I didn't want Cavani. And my principles tell me this is a bad idea in that I get it. Even at this age, Ronaldo can score 30 goals. I understand that. But I want Mason Greenwood to be the person that we focus on. Rashford to be the person we focus on to a lesser degree. Sancho. I don't necessarily care for the nostalgia element if he scores 100 goals sure you know what i'll be right there in it but like it just feels a little bit wrong to me where where i'm with you on this is not about who ronaldo is and what he can bring to me it's a quantity thing i think you guys have enough players in those positions to play the rest of the season and champions League. i think you've got cavani sancho martial rashford greenwood i think you know James can be on the bench or go to Leeds or whatever. But I think you've got five there for two pos- for three positions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Pogba will push up. You mm-hmm. know, if you add Pogba in there to make six and then you play McFred, I think you've got six for three positions. And now you're adding a guy that you cannot put on the bench. So now you've got two. You've got six players fighting for two positions, potentially. I'm just not sure how he balances that. That's all. And, and, and to your point, it's we heard before the Ronaldo thing, you know, Saul on loan, potentially. Kamavinga, who's going to Real Madrid, or even Ruben Neves. And, but we had heard United need to sell before they can buy or do anything in regards mm. to those guys. And then they decided we can't have him at City. So but we need also to not, pay not, the a, not every day do you get Ronaldo available too. And that's true. But yeah. it's like we, we have a core need. And like to your point, he's a great guy in the sense of like player. One of the greatest. But do I need one of the greatest right now. I need well, a good de- defensive midfielder. I don't necessarily need you Cristiano need, Ronaldo. You need dollars or pounds and marketing. It will do its thing. You, this is the world we live in. It will do its thing marketing-wise. Everything that's going to come from, from this is way more than the fee that you guys are going to pay and blah, blah, blah. And yes, maybe it imbalances the squad for two seasons, but the amount of money that comes in for that... To that point, it? United are like... That post is the most liked sports post in like in sports history or some weird thing like this. Like as much of an asshole that he is, and all the things that come with it, he is the biggest star. And forget forget like talent, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. messy. <clears throat> Ronaldo is the biggest thing in sports. Yep. So United couldn't say no to that for all the like the things for like sure. you said. But I don't for know. Sure. I'm not I'm not wholly excited about it really. I think it'll hit once he's on the field, bro. I think it'll hit. See you. It'll. <laughs> See, um, and you're also getting his son, who's a phenomenal player. So there you go. Kai Rooney and his son together, like Done. yeah, and then I get mean, Shaquille Van Persie over, like you know. As it. long as Ronaldo's son doesn't kick Rooney's son and then get him sent off and all mm, that good stuff. Wink, wink. <laughs> all right, let's talk about Spurs. Um, Nuno, we said things about him, mm-hmm. and you know everyone has the right to say whatever they want to say. And yes, he's defensive, and yes, he might be eventually the you know Mourinho incarnation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but I don't think he has a good enough squad to go out there and dominate games. I truly don't believe that. I don't think when you play Sanchez, Dyer, Tanganga, Reguillon, Skip, Hoiberg, Bergwijn, 
you know, even Ali in the form that, you know, we've seen how he was last season. When he, you know, I've named eight out of the 11 there that I don't think are high caliber players in any way. I think you do what you need to do to win games and that he's doing it. I think he's, he started the season. I mean, he's the top of the, the top of the league, right? And this is without Harry Kane. Harry Kane, mm-hmm. yes, played last game, mm-hmm. but he didn't really play well. Harry Kane, by the way, physically is finished. You know, he cannot push the ball past the dude and do that curl thing. He just doesn't have that acceleration in him anymore. He, his legs are gone, and I think mm-hmm. City potentially dodges a bullet, you know, especially if they, like, go for a halal next year. Mm-hmm. I think they definitely dodged a bullet there for 130 million. <laughs> no chance. I can't believe that their plan wasn't just stick with Jesus. You know, we're still good enough to be top two and then get Holland, like, and then yeah. secure our future. I can't. I can't believe they chased both him and Ronaldo, to be honest. It was stunning to me. But to your point, I think he's physically done. I know they're going to have to get him in advanced positions to score goals, and maybe he can still score the long ranger, or maybe he becomes a more creative person as he was you know, threatening to be last season and stuff. So he's still a quality football player. But, like, I don't know, man. To me, I'm just like, I, I don't think it's sustainable. And I don't no, think no. the Spurs situation in general is sustainable. You know, 1-0, 1-0 wins, great. You're doing well right now. But it's going to crash. That's just my, my opinion is that, you know, they might finish fifth, sixth, something like that. But, like, you cannot sustain a season like this. It's just not possible. Also, also, I mean, everything that you said is true, plus the bottling gene that's just in Spurs. Like, yes. that'll just come up. Like, so, you know, yes. that'll happen for sure. Yeah. But they are I, off the table in your yeah. bottom, though. It's just... a North London sandwich, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think they're doing what they can. Son is trying to carry, which I think he knew he had to do, especially if Kane were to leave. He's doing his thing. I think, again, really bad goalkeeping. Like, I get, you know, the whole, like, you're not sure if someone's going to touch it, but you look at it, no one was close to touching it. Like, a keeper mm-hmm. of that caliber with that kind of hand-eye coordination playing the Premier League should be able to look at that and go, yep, no one's touching that. Mm-hmm. But the reaction time was so late. Like, the ball got past everybody and himself, and then he dove. I'm like, that's not good enough. It's no, no, it's not. Where is what's his name? And you know, this guy, whatever Backman or whatever his name is, he's playing instead of um, what's his name? Where is Aurelio he? Gomez is retired? FYI, no, <laughs> what's his name? Isn't this who is this? Wofford? Ben oh, Foster. no, I'm thinking, yes, is Ben Foster in this team? I don't, I know he was, I don't know if he's still there though. I think he is. He's just injured or he doesn't, doesn't make this well. But if he's playing instead of, you know, a cycling GK, I've got a problem with this. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. This, 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 yeah, no, it's bad. It's bad. And, and that's why, uh, you know what? But props to Spurs. I think they are going to be relatively more secure than they were last season. They won't be as up and down as last season because Mourinho just gets, gives you PTSD mid-season. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see what happens with them. I love, I love that their coach is called Cisco. What's his unleash what, the what, dragon? What's his strongest uh, trait, Bernie, as a human being? Uh, his co- his communication. Oh, Cisco! Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is Cisco the singer like? Strong of like no. what's his physical attribute? <laughs> no. um, let's quickly go through the rest. Um, I think we've covered the big teams. If I'm thinking that a lot played each other, so I think that kind of covers it. We got um, Villa, Brentford. Villa are leaking goals this season. I told you Martinez is back. You know, stadium, full stadium, Martinez is back. I mean, it wasn't his fault in any way this game, but still. <laughs> um, 
they're both their center backs are now injured. Both Kansa, uh, I think, walked off this game, and what's his name got injured? Mings. Mings, was Mings injured is injured. So you've got Twinzebi and nobody right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how they're going to do. I've got Martinez in my FPL. I think that needs to change. Um, but they're not playing. I mean, Ashley Young is starting. <laughs> I don't know about that. Wendia, great goal, though, after his move. Um, really good goal. Really good finish, I think. He's, he's such a talented player. Like, silky. I'll, anyway, I won't say which team could have used him, but um, you, you could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but why would he come to us? Yeah. Um, Ivan Tony, great finish. Because, you know, people think of him as a big guy with a header and whatever, but he's got, he's got skills. Like, that was a great finish from that cross. I thought that was very Remember we're talking about Liverpool, man? You know, mm-hmm. I feel like Tony mm-hmm. wouldn't mind. Like, Liverpool's a big club, like, come off the bench, do his thing, fight for his place. I don't know. I think it could be useful. That's actually a very good point. Yeah. I think they could have done it too. They could have made it happen. Um, Brentford started the season very, very well. Like they would not have imagined what they got five out of five points out of three games, like two draws and a win. Yeah. Two draws and a win. Like, I think they will take that a hundred percent. That's, that's um, all they could ask for. Exactly. That's, that's they could ask for. My, my boy, my boy, Rafa. Killing it. Killing it. Wait. I would say... I Okay, there was a Kosh cast like three or four years ago where I said that <laughs> it would be interesting if he went, went to Everton because his kids live, his kids actually go to school in, in the area and whatever. And we did the whole, they'd kill him and all that stuff. And that's still all true. <laughs> like, he will get murdered eventually by Everton and Liverpool fans eventually. He's starting off really, really well, but Ancelotti, there were articles written about how Ancelotti has Everton team about to win the league. Mm. Like, literally, people wrote this nonsense, and we see how that happened. I just, they freak me out, like, in a sense of, right. I can never say they're doing great because it's just going to end in tears. <laughs> but I think, I think Rafa is different gravy. I, I, I'm not saying he's better than Ancelotti. Ancelotti has the history. But I just think Rafa in the Premier League and kind mm-hmm. of when I hear him talk on the on the shows and when I hear him what he's done and what he's done with Liverpool, I just feel that Rafa is a top, top manager, man. Top, top manager. I, I would love to have him. You know, I think I think that Rafa is a good manager, but I think he has a ceiling. And that's like, you know, can't get Liverpool to win the league. You can like, you know, waffle about and win the Champions League after being 3-0 down. Great. Like those are historic moments, like Leicester winning the Premier League. Those things happen. But I think he's also, his, Liverpool, his Newcastle time has really exposed him to how to manage shitty situation. Mm. And Ancelotti can't manage a shitty situation. You know, I doubt Pep could do that. I think he's amenable to that where, yeah, I think act, in actual fact, if Arteta is sacked, <laughs> this is I mean, good. Bernie, oh. you're looking for a shitty situation? <laughs> <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Knock, knock. Where do I sign? <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, I think, I think our situation is even past him. I think it's more of a Pulis at this point or a Sam Allardyce. So, um, should, should we, I don't know what else we have in the Premier League, but I'm, I know I have to go soon and we haven't done this yet. And I'm, and I kind of, I'm hoping to get into a little continence because let's do it. Messi, let's do it. Messi had his minutes. debut and I feel like, how can we not talk about Lionel Messi? having a debut against Ram or whatever they're called. Yeah, it was a way, and it was a way game. So they kind of brought him on with what, 15 minutes, 20 minutes to go. 
Um, I think Mbappe did his thing that game, two goals. Neymar, mm-hmm. Di Maria, Mbappe. And that um, deal is now off. He's not going to Real Madrid. Is it? Yep. The negotiations are done. He's not going. From whose side? Do you have any details? Uh, I wasn't following. I was reading today on Twitter and all the French outlets. Mm. Maybe something drastically changes tonight, maybe tomorrow. But apparently PSG walked away from the negotiations. They're like, no. And people are saying it's a little bit like when they were negotiating for Neymar. Like Neymar to go back to Barca, where they had zero intention, just wasted everyone's time and knew they were wasting everyone's time. So, Tick, tack. <laughs> Tick, tack. <laughs> <laughs> the El Chiringuito guy is furious. He actually said, Mbappe, how dare you play so well when you're supposed to be leaving? <laughs> exactly. That's actually a very good point. Um, but they did sub Neymar off for Messi, so they still didn't... You know, they're smart. They know what they're doing marketing-wise. Ain't no, ain't no way those three are playing against Rem away from home. Mm-hmm. These three are playing, and if they do... They're playing at home mm-hmm. in the Parc de Prince, all starting together. You're joking. There's no way. They knew exactly what they were doing. Um, Messi came on, didn't really do much except the fact that he took photos with all the run players after the game. The goalkeeper so bought out his kid. Such <laughs> a disgrace. But it, so Brittany, funny. Brittany, think about this. Your whole life is dedicated to football. And then you see the greatest person to ever do this thing that your whole life is dedicated to. Obviously, that's all mate, you care about. Mate, there enough. What I would do, like, I would, like, as I'm playing the game, make sure I go away from my position and get close to Messi as possible. Oh, yeah. But at least so that, like, when I go Getty Images, my name and Messi, I have it. Not like bring my child. Like, I have some <laughs> sense of pride. Bernie, you understand that the child is probably, like, going dis- to oh, call, call social services if his dad doesn't get him a photo with Messi. Like, you don't understand how crazy this is. Um, but but I know, yeah. Because, like, Messi looked like, he looked rusty, man. He looked, yeah, yeah, yeah. I expect him to, this is one thing I never expected to say that I, I, I imagine Messi taking two or three games to get used to France. But yeah. it will take him two or three games to get used to France. And when he gets used to it, fine, whatever, he'll kill it. But, like, man was getting knocked over. Like, like someone was saying Messi ran more in this game than he ran the entire season last year from Barcelona. Well, that's the thing. Like, you can't just get on on your debut and walk around either. So I think he's trying too hard. You know what I mean? Like, he's mm. like, oh, well, I got to look like I'm trying here. Because at Barca, no one's ever going to question it. But here, all eyes on him. Like, let's see if he's even trying. I think he has to just not, not, not overdo it. Just be you, stand around, do nothing, and then bam. <laughs> you, find, you, you notice how no one cares about La Liga? Don't care. Like, have, like I've, I've actually noticed that no one gives a shit. It doesn't exist in my timeline anymore. Like, honestly, it used <laughs> yeah. to. It just doesn't exist in my timeline. Like, all I hear is about how shit Griezmann is. That's it. Like, I had no idea. Like, I was listening to ESPN FC podcast, and they got La Liga, and they lost Premier League. So, like, they start with La Liga every time. I found that hilarious. I don't think they want to. And they were <laughs> like, oh, Memphis is really doing well. And I was like, why was this not on my time? Like, no one I know was talking about Memphis, like, doing well and carrying Barcelona now, or even the fact that I think Real Madrid won again or something. Like, no one was talking about this. But, like, it, it seems like it's going to be the same three teams at the top, and any of them can win, and it's like... Didn't so, Atleti, didn't Atleti lose already? Well, that's what I'm like, saying. Atleti, like, Atleti Barca- lost 1-0, and Atleti lost 1-0, and they had, like, 15 corners to, like, the other teams won. Something ridiculous. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if Barca do win the league, then that's a disgrace. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out who, who looks worse. 
Does Messi, is it like we were frauded because we sold him years ago and made some actual money and like kept our club afloat? <laughs> or is think, it like La Liga's just so funny? I think once Ronaldo left Madrid, I think they, they, they could have. Honestly, Bernie, they didn't need to sell Messi. They just did not need to get Coutinho, Griezmann, Arda Turan. Like, they just didn't need to do that other stuff. Messi really, when you boil it down, sure, he's a, he's a cog in this financial issue, but all you have to do is not get Dembele, who plays, you know, whatever it's called all day, and you get Arda Turan, and you get all the Griezmann, and you get, you know, that, w- that was more of an issue because you want to keep Messi, obviously. They were disgraceful. Like, they could have gone all La, La Masia and Messi and been in the same situation, Position, like, yeah. points-wise. Like, and I was thinking about this in the context of Juventus because, you know, they lost in, over the weekend and Serie A has more hype because of Tammy Abraham, apparently. But um, Mourinho. Mourinho, Mourinho honeymoon, did you see Mourinho honeymoon phase? On the bus? Best, Mo- best in the world at that point. Mourinho honeymoon phase is unrivaled. It's so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> I, I, even I like it. Even I like it. It's so much fun. But I want to talk about Juventus only because, like, you know, people say, like, okay, you, you Ronaldo hamstrung them financially and you have to play for Ronaldo. I thought about it and I was like, all these things are true. But to your messy point, right, they gave Rabio a huge contract, 300K a week. They gave Ramsey 300K a week. They're playing Quadrado as a right back, and they signed someone else and gave that person, well, Morata, for example. I'm like, who built this team? <laughs> like, 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 the three teams are still in, or technically in the Super League. Juventus, Real Madrid, and Barca have had the worst team-building exercises I've ever seen. Because look at Hazard, cost $100 million, right? They're still trying to figure out how to pay freaking Gareth Bale. <laughs> like, like, they just signed Alaba 400k a week. Like, these clubs are, are like... Well, this is why they need the, 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 the league the most. Because they're just... It's not that they can't spend. They spend. They just spend it really bad. Yeah, like Arsenal do. To be fair, yes. We, uh, <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm, I'm not even mad at Kroenke. Like, I'm not. I looked at the numbers. I was like, bruh, this is your money. You're spending enough of it. We're just shit at picking the right players. I, I, I'm... I'm stunned that Edu has a job because I think okay, he's someone, the worst the sporting director. Someone put it this way, Bernie. Someone put it this way. We've got a first-time CEO, mm-hmm. got a first-time whatever director of football, mm-hmm. and we've got a first-time manager. So obviously, we're all running around like headless chicken with no idea what to do. <laughs> Everybody's new. And then you've got a first-time owner of like mm-hmm. a soccer franchise thing, and he's American, and he doesn't give a shit, blah, blah, blah. So you've got everybody there's nobody to kind of you know step up to the plate with any sort of experience it's it's horrible and also i get it you brought edu because he was sporting technical director of brazil that's a national team first off what are you signing but then like i thought about it as well and i'm like huh you got a technical director from brazil like you said you got this new manager like, I'm just trying to understand, Edu even, is, you're trying to do this legend thing, right? Like, United turn to do this legend thing, Bayern Munich do the legend thing, Ajax do it. There are lots of clubs, Dortmund, lots of clubs do this legend thing. We understand it. But Edu? <laughs> like, all these other guys get training, like, they learn from someone. Like, Oliver Kahn is now CEO. He learned from someone and then got into the position. We just threw these new guys in. I want, like, I want over Mars. I want him so bad. That's this. how you do this. I want Burkamp involved in some way. I don't know what way. Also, 
if I hear Pep Guardiola praise Mikel Arteta one more time, I will jump through the TV. I cannot take it anymore. <laughs> Just shut up. He's last. He hasn't scored a goal. He's got an XG of 0.5 over three games. Just stop talking. Mate. Like, anyways, I'm just upset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I've I've never enjoyed an international break a break coming up as much as this. <laughs> oh man, uh, and, and also I'd like to on, on on the record say I'm sorry, Daddy Wenger. I apologize for everything that ever happened between us. That that's everything. A fair fair apology to make. He he kept this club relevant by himself. With, <laughs> on his own. He was clearly managing with idiots above him. <laughs> around him, above him, playing for him, everything. You know, I, I, I can't believe it. I can't it's just like yeah. I, I'll I'm never so stop saying this. Ferguson and Wenger, I don't care how many Pep wins, are the two best managers to grace the Premier League because they won titles with idiots, like cleverly won a title. Okay, like <laughs> you guys won a title. I don't care how what people say. Ray Parler, you won a title with him, and other like friggin' Stepanovs was around. Like no, 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 no. Respect, <laughs> respect. No, you're right. Even you're right. even turning, he's the goat of the Premier League. Even turning Henri from a winger to a striker. Vision, oh, vision. The team, the team that he made top four with. Is unreal. Squilacci's and the Nielsen's and no, no, no. I'm sorry. I apologize. Well, Sylvester, even like come the on. Champions League final was got to with it. Te- I'd say nine idiots and Seska and Henri. It was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. Anyways, all right, man. Happy international break. I'm yes. gonna enjoy these two weeks of no Arsenal and yeah, it's gonna be great. Awesome, man. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later, bro. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Koshcast.